This is Women With Books, a collection of conversations about your favorite books, media, and all of the fabulous things in life. Curated by me, author Lindsay Emery. I'm so glad you're a part of today's chat. Hey everyone, welcome to Women With Books. I'm your host, author Lindsay Emery. I hope you are all having a fabulous summer of reading and relaxation. I am, but a couple days ago I realized something that I probably need to admit to the Women With Books community. I think I've overextended myself this summer. For one, I set up the whole Women With Books Reading Challenge, which is so fun. I hope you're enjoying it. And that means a big TBR list for myself. Um, I promised my kids we'd do lots of activities. We've got lots of sports and playdates and adventures planned. And then I'm in the middle of writing a new book, which I'm so excited about. Honestly, I think about you guys every day when I'm writing it because I think... Um, you know, it's going to be a long process, but one day when this is published, I think all of you are going to be able to look at it and be like, ah, we see you, Lindsay. We see your, um, we see your mind at work. (laughs) Um, it's just one of, sometimes you write a book and you just smush all your favorite things into it. Um, it was definitely that way with the Royal Runaway and with the current, um, thing I'm doing right now is, um, is another thing. I'm just smushing a bunch of things into it and it's so much fun. Um, but however, it does take quite a bit of time to have a reading list, to be an author, to do edits, to uh, have a podcast and to write a new book. And then, oh yeah. And then I've got, um, RWA nationals in two weeks. So with all that, I realized I've overextended myself and I may not have time to get another podcast episode out there before August. But please stick with me. I have some great stuff coming up on the podcast and I'll try to come up with and include some extra good content for the newsletter. And if you're not already subscribed to the Women With Books newsletter, the link to subscribe as always is in the show notes and at womenwithbooks.com. So this episode was born of my love for romantic comedies and also because Nancy Nagel, Terry Wilson, and I really put a lot of work into the workshop we'll be be presenting in New York at RWA Nationals. For those attending RWA, this is just the tip of the iceberg. We will go into a lot more details about the contents and requirements of romantic comedy there. I had to laugh throughout this whole episode and I edited out some crazy shenanigans um because but I you'll definitely hear why I was laughing and why we were all kind of uh you know kind of hyped up because um Terry recorded this from the floor of a tire store yes she was getting a flat tire replaced Um, but like a true professional in a romantic comedy, she just sat herself down on the floor and yes, she sent us a selfie of herself to prove it. Um, she texted both me and Nancy like, Hey, here I am on the floor of this tire store and had this conversation with us. And we just rolled with it because it was so funny and, you know, 
what could be more perfect for a show on romantic comedies than to have like this total, um, you know, funny thing happening in the background. Um, and then at the end, oh my gosh, I wish I could have kept it. I debated keeping this end part in, but I had to edit it out because we hadn't really explained what was going on during the podcast, um, that Terry was on the floor of a tire store. So it was kind of jarring to hear this bit at the end and not be able to explain it. And I even thought about like, oh, I'll insert some explanation here, but I, I just couldn't, but I'm going to explain it to you guys now. So we're almost at the end of the podcast and, uh, you'll, you'll hear us talking about, uh, Terry and Nancy's new books that came out this summer. And then all of a sudden, like this other woman's voice pops in and what had happened was, was Terry's, Terry had been listening to an audiobook in her car and the repairman had turned on her car, I guess, to drive it out of the bay or whatever. And so then her audiobook had switched on on her phone that she was using to record with us. And, and all of a sudden we had a fourth person on the podcast. So we all died laughing and it was also hilarious because, I mean, I guess we were very lucky that it was not a uh, racy or risque part of the book uh, to, to gather more attention <laughs> in the middle of a tire store. But anyway... Uh, we recorded this episode a few months ago in the spring, so it's fun to hear us talk about like the upcoming movies and books that we were looking forward to, and now those are out, and I happen to know that we have watched or read them yet and loved them. Um, after this episode was recorded, I immediately went and got a copy of the Carrie Winfrey book, Waiting for Tom Hanks. And if you follow my blog series on my Lindsay Emery blog, um, the series is called Best Books to Read Now, you'll see that I already talked about it there and adored it. Uh, it's, it's pretty much rom-com perfection. Uh, it's like everything you love about a rom-com stuffed inside a book. As always, I put the links to the books and movies discussed in the episode exclusively in my newsletter, which is going to go out at the end of this month. And now, enjoy Terry... Nancy and I discussing the rom-com renaissance. Welcome Terry Wilson and Nancy Nagel. Hi guys, how are y'all doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Hey, so, yeah, I'm excited to be here. You're so welcome. I invited you guys both on because you were kind and generous enough to include me in your RWA workshop this summer about the romantic comedy renaissance, or are we call it rom-com renaissance. And um, I thought it'd be fun for us to talk a little bit on the podcast about that <laughs> and what we see in rom-coms and, and why we think that they're renaissancing. Um, now, both of you are ex very experienced rom-com writers and you both have movies that have been um, produced on the Hallmark Channel. I think, Nancy, you have four and Terry, what are you up to now? Um, I have four. You have, oh, it's tied. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, is there any competition? Like, who's going to get the fifth one? I was just about to say. No, we're just hugging each other and jumping. That's right. <laughs> we're just excited for every one of them. That's awesome. <laughs> it was it. Was it Saturday Night Live that has, like, if you get five times, you get a special award? So maybe maybe there's a special award for Hallmark. Oh, yeah, that secret <laughs> green room that they had. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Hallmark had that, it would be like the inside of a snow globe. That's what it would look like. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be nice? I, <laughs> I just want to live that way. <laughs> you get a magical snow globe. So, ladies, why do you think there's been a renaissance in romantic comedy the last few years? You know, I'm going to, I, of course, I'm a Hallmark girl, but I'm still going to give a lot of the credit for this to the Hallmark Channel. Um, because in the past, you know, the past few years, even in like a decade, there really haven't been very many romantic comedies on the big screen, you know, in theaters or even on TV. And the only place where there has been a consistent supply of romantic comedies has been on the Hallmark Channel. And I think that it just really filled that void, especially lately at a time when everyone really was looking for positive programming and for feel-good, heartwarming movies, which is what, you know, rom-coms are. And I think that, you know, they've just had a really big ratings boom in the past couple of years. And that has prompted um, Netflix to get in on the game and then also Lifetime. And it's all kind of filtered to where now we're seeing more rom-coms on the big screen as well. So um, I'm going to give a lot of the credit to the Hallmark Channel for that. Yeah, I agree. This is Nancy. And, you know, I think just a lot of noise in our environment around politics and things like that keep people hyper-stressed. And, of course, we're all living at, what, six, seven, eight times the speed of our grandparents. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's hard to... Um, live at that speed without some kind of entertainment or time to slow down and relax. So I think rom-coms really feel that, and I'm with you, Terry. I mean, Hallmark does an awesome job on it. And it's funny, I, I didn't really notice um, until you said that about the comment about them not being as many rom-coms now, but what makes makes that super clear to me is as I was looking through like the rom-com list and I'm like oh that's my favorite that's my favorite I always pull up all the old favorites right so I mean there's just never enough you know, viewings of Pretty Woman and you've got Mail and Notting Hill and <laughs> Overboard you know whatever um, because they're not making them as quickly as they used to exactly yeah I think a lot of the comedies also kind of got more adult and raunchier and not as much about romance, but about friendships, maybe. And I personally agree with you both that Hallmark had kind of kept the, the genre alive. And I know so many moms of teenage girls who love watching them with their kids. And um, so that's that makes me excited because one, they've found something that they can do with their daughters. And two, um, that's a whole new generation for us as authors and content producers to market to. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, like you said, watching with your girlfriends or your aunts, your sisters, your cousins, your daughters, you know, it's so nice to be able to share things like that. Um, and you're right, even some of the primetime television, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> 
Right. right. I also think, too, you know, I, I guess another reason why there's been a renaissance is because there are so many different options now for watching, you know, things. So there's there's more avenues for content. So instead of just having, you know, the big cable channels and then, you know, the big screen movies, there's all different kind of avenues for, for film. And I think that's better for everyone. There's, there's just more options out there. And so when someone makes a movie, it doesn't necessarily have to make a jillion dollars, you know. Um, there's room for smaller audiences. Although I think, like we said, everyone loves a rom-com, and you can you can watch that with everyone. I remember specifically taking my son to see um, a romantic comedy. Gosh, um, I'm forgetting the name of it. I think it has the word maybe. Definitely maybe. That was it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I yeah, do. I took Cameron to see that when he was like in middle school or high school or something, and um, just because I wanted to see it, and I didn't want to see it by myself. And afterwards, he said, you know, I just, I don't want to like a chick flick just because it's called a chick flick, but they're so good, I just can't help it. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think everyone likes them. So I'm happy that they're back. You raised him right, Terry. That's right. He'd probably be mortified if he heard me talking about this on this podcast. But He you know. can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, well, his new wife, his wife someday is going to love you for it. That's right. <laughs> So I think we're going to get more into detail about this at our official workshop in New York at RWA Nationals, but I thought maybe we could just talk about what to us are kind of the, uh, no pun intended, hallmarks of a romantic (laughs) comedy. Like, what do you think are the key elements that have to be in there to make it a rom-com? Okay, I'm going to start with um, witty banter. That's, that seems to be one of the um, hallmarks of a romantic comedy. Um, you know, a lot of times there's like a love-hate relationship going on, and you have a lot of snappy, fun dialogue in a rom-com that makes you laugh. Um, so I think that that's one of, the, one of the main components. Yeah, I think another fun one is kind of the sidekick or the secondary characters that are quirky and add a lot to it. Um, it seems like in the rom-com, you really get to explore and, and show that a lot more. Yeah, I will I will expand on that a little bit from sidekicks to there's always family members. Um, a, yeah. a funny grandma, a supportive sister, you know. Um, and so there's, you see those people around the, the main characters too. Another thing that's really common in romantic comedies is um, those old familiar tropes that we all know and love um, and usually they have you know some sort of twist that makes it modern. But you know the, the forced proximity trope the marriage of convenience you know friends to lovers and enemies to lovers, all those familiar romance plots or you know tropes that we all love are usually really common in rom-coms. Did y'all see Isn't It Romantic that just came out this spring? Yes. Nancy, did you see it? No, I haven't okay. seen it yet. You definitely need to. I, I adored it. I don't know. Terry, did you like it? I loved it. I mean, it kind of pokes fun at rom-coms, yet is a rom-com at the same time. I just I loved it. I thought it was adorable. Right. And I thought it was so good for uh, this workshop because you can... The things that they make sure that they do are the things that every 
rom-com does. So I was laughing my butt off and my girls were with me and they're like, what's so funny? And I'm like, no, because the millionaire coming in a limo and hopping out of the sunroof, right? Um, the cupcakes, the fact that New York is filled with cupcake and flower shops. Um, the sassy gay best friend. <laughs> Those are all the tropes that we know and love. Well, I promise to watch it before we get to New York. <laughs> I love meat cutes. What do y'all think? Do you think a meat cute is a necessity in a rom com? Oh yeah, yeah. I think you have to have a meat cute <laughs> or cute meat. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they have to meet in some cute, engaging way. You know, like in a bakery or um, a mistaken identity. I love that one too. Oh yeah. Yeah, me too. I always think about um, that movie, The Holiday, which I love. It's one of my favorite movies. And um, when Kate Winslet's character meets the older guy, the neighbor, the filmmaker character, and he's telling her, you know, what the definition of a meet-cute is. <laughs> and the example that he uses is, say, there's a man and a woman, and they're both at the department store shopping for pajamas. And she just wants a pajama top, but he just wants a pajama bottom. And so, you know, they buy a set of pajamas and share them, and that's their meet cute and I was like god that would be super cute it is yes <laughs> so I was good. that's kind of my go-to example of a meet cute <laughs> well I mentioned isn't it romantic are there any other movies that have come out lately or that you're that you liked or that you're looking forward to seeing soon I loved crazy rich Asians Yes. I think I saw it like four times at the theater. I know that was bad, but I mean, I loved it so much every time one of my girlfriends wanted to go see it. I was like, I'll go see it again. <laughs> one of the cool things about the good rom-coms are that you don't mind watching them a hundred times, you know, and they're the ones that we end up reciting word for word. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I went through a period in my life where I could recite every single line to When Harry Met Sally. Oh, I know. <laughs> such a good movie uh, yes yeah my sister and i had it on vcr <laughs> that tells you a little bit about my age and you know when we would get home on saturday nights when we lived together we would just pop it on and just that would be like our comfort watch you know and um yeah, I'm, I love that movie. I'm that way with You've Got Mail. And um, yeah. and I'm actually writing a book right now for Hallmark Publishing, and it's based on an already existing Hallmark movie. It's a novelization. But in this particular movie, um, the heroine's ex-boyfriend is possibly shutting down her bookstore. And, of course, it like gives me total You've Got Mail vibes. And I keep like referencing the movie in my book. You know, I keep referencing You've Got Mail, like making Tom Hanks jokes. And I'm like, is anyone going to get these but me you know yeah and they'll get the it has that movie memorized by heart <laughs> yes we all do <laughs> well in, in mine in my fall release last year dear santa was set on the you've got mail premise and and that's we set out my editor and i set out to do that we said okay we're going to do a retelling of you've got mail but it's only christmas shops and uh, i had the same experience terry it was like how can you not make her love daisies you know she's got to love daisies <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, mine is, the, my book is Valentine themed. But I mean, there's a part where they go to a cooking class and he hogs all the arugula in my book. And so I was like making jokes about Tom Hanks <laughs> and the caviar. You know, that caviar is a garnish. I was like, sure, yes, everyone yes. knows that line. <laughs> Absolutely. I think you're safe. <laughs> and that was a cute movie with the arugula. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Now you know which movie I'm talking about. I know exactly which movie, yes. (laughs) So one of the things we did to prepare for this workshop is we made a spreadsheet where we kind of identified common tropes and the movies that are in each of the rom-com movies. And then we also found books that were similar to these rom-coms because not only are we seeing a rom-com renaissance in movies but we're also seeing it in books um, because we're all authors so have there been any romantic comedy books that you guys have read recently that you feel like have really captured the spirit of romantic comedy I was, you know, speaking of Tom Hanks, uh, Carrie Winfrey has a novel coming out uh, sometime in June. I forget the release date, but it's called Waiting for Tom Hanks. And I don't, it's from Berkeley. Have either one of you read an arc of that? Because I have an arc, and it's adorable. I, oh, I haven't, but it's the title has already got me. <laughs> I haven't read it. No, I haven't. I should have requested it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is so cute. Well, I kind of know the author, Carrie. We used to both write for Hello Gizzard at the same time like a couple years ago so we're like online friends we don't like know each other in person and as soon as I heard I saw on Publishers Weekly or Publishers um, Lunch when her book deal got announced um, because she had a blog where every week she watched a different rom-com and like live blogged it and so then after that she kind of turned it into a book deal and it's a novel it's called Waiting for Tom Hanks and the heroine of the book is obsessed with rom-coms and just wants to find her real life Tom Hanks and so that's kind of the premise of her book and she gets to actually be an extra on a TV show where there's going to be a big rom-com star on set. It's super cute. Oh, that um, sounds or great. Extra on a movie set, not a TV show. Oh, it's adorable. And so I kept seeing Carrie on my Instagram feed talking about her book like when the arcs came out and I kept throwing these little hinty comments like oh sure wish I had an arc <laughs> thinking that she would see it and like toss an arc my way I finally just started putting gimme you know as the comments and <laughs> super subtle I thought it would work and it still didn't but I managed to track down an arc from a friend of mine who writes for her publishing house and I got to borrow it um, but it's really cute so rom-com lovers will love that book and it comes out um, like I said sometime in June it's, I don't know when this podcast is airing so it might already be out, but it's really adorable. Oh, that sounds awesome. (laughs) I love that. Let's see. I talked to Lauren Lane yesterday about her new release and her new series, and I think it is very rom-com and very cute. It's um, The first one starts with Passion on Park Avenue, and it I described it on my blog as Sex in the City for Hallmark Channel um, because it is, it's PG-13, and it's it kind of follows the, the whole series is going to follow these three women, and uh, they're finding love in New York City, so... I've really enjoyed that. Have you read that one yet, Terry? I love that book. And well, you know, I'm a huge Lauren Lane fan girl. Like she's one of my favorite authors. And um, so same thing. I publicly begged for that arc until I got it. Um, <laughs> you're, and it's, it's you're great. shameless. It's my... <laughs> I'm sensing a theme here, Terry. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was an easy get, though, because um, Lauren and I had the same editor at Gallery Books. Um, oh, yeah. I'm no writing for them. But we had the same editor, so that wasn't quite as a stretch, you know. <laughs> right, right. For that one. <laughs> um, but I love, that's actually probably my favorite Lauren Lane book, except for maybe Walk of Shame. That's also a, an amazing rom-com. It's really, really good. It's, you know, uh, more not really quite PG-13, maybe PG-13 plus, you know, leaning toward R. But, um, yeah, that Passion on Park Avenue is really, really cute. And the cover's adorable, too. It has a really rom-com looking cover. Yeah, and the new Christina Lauren, um, The Unhoneymooners, has a very rom-com premise. Um, I don't know if yeah. y'all know that one. Have y'all read it? I do. Yeah, I love the cover and that story. That's, that's really cute. Yeah, it's too, um, let's see. It's the bride, so there was a bride and groom, and they got sick at their reception, so their their brother and, and twin sister take over their all-expenses-paid honeymoon, so it won't go to waste. But the, the hero and heroine hate each other, but they have to pretend to be married so they get this 10-day vacation in Maui, which... <laughs> I will go a lot of places with people I hate to get a 10-day vacation in Hawaii. <laughs> that is adorable. I didn't know what the premise of that book was. I love Christina Lauren, um, but, you know, that's a that's an author team. And because there's two of them, I feel like they have a new release out, like, every five minutes. And I'm behind. Yeah. I'm, like, two books behind on their new release. I know. I told them that. I told them that they were on our podcast. And I'm like, this is not fair. Other authors cannot compete when you have double double typing hands <laughs> I know I try and read I, I'm always a little bit behind so I'm like oh I read three out of five of their books this year but I can't get all of them uh, Nancy do you have any other rom-coms that you've been loving lately books no I've been in edit land all year so we're just going to give you all the ones you need to read when you're done with that thank you yes okay. i will just stack them up yeah i know i've got a couple more on my tbr list let's see um the alicia rise next one which is i think called the right swipe and andy j christopher's one which is um not the girl you marry i think which both have really cute illustrated covers. Oh, that's supposed to be um, a, a, like a inspired by How to Lose a Guy yes. in 10 Days, which is one of my favorite rom-coms. So I can't wait yes. to read that. Well, we've kept talking about movies. I thought it would be fun. Um, what are your top three rom-com movies? Nancy, do you have, do you have your favorites? I think y'all both mentioned one or two. Yeah, well, I mean, the ones I can recite, <laughs> let's see, let me pick three. Um, well, you've got mail for sure. I mean, that's just a hands down. Um, I loved Notting Hill, and I loved um, I loved Overboard. I mean, and I loved the remake of Overboard. I thought that was cute, just as cute with the opposite, you know, with the, the guy instead of the girl. I think that was really cute. I think those would probably be my top three. Oh, they're Pretty Woman. Is, yeah, I know I can recite that one, too. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I try, I mean, I, um, Lindsay told us she was going to ask us this question, so I tried to make a list, and I narrowed it down to 12. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's super hard. And um, 
so yeah, no, I'm gonna, but then I kind of, you know, I kind of ranked it. But You've Got Mail was my number one also. I mean, I, that's just my yeah. favorite. I've yeah. seen it countless times. And I rewatch it every year during back to school season because of that one line where he talks about giving her a bouquet of sharpened pencils. I know. <laughs> I mean, who, always, and we love office supplies. You know that. <laughs> exactly. The I mean, only thing that would make that sharpened pencils better would have been if there was some sticky notes around it. <laughs> exactly, like holding the bouquet together. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, um, and then for, for another one of the, my favorites, and it's not a movie that I think really that pops into people's heads when you talk rom-com because it's kind of um, older but um, I'll explain why it's on my top three list is Roman Holiday with Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn mm -hmm. yeah um, because you know she's a princess in disguise and that's why I picked it because royal in disguise is my all-time favorite trope like yeah secret prince secret princess I'm in I will read it and I will watch it and I will love it like every single time so I'll also write it so um, so, and I kind of feel like Roman Holiday was the forerunner of, like, the original for that trope. And, you know, mm -hmm. all the all the Hallmark movies with the secret royals and all the, all the Harlequin romances and books that have used that same trope, I just feel, you know, owe a debt to Roman Holiday. So, that's why that one's on my list. That's a good one. I have a couple of classic ones, too. So, so you said you came up with your top 12. I followed my rules. Yeah. <laughs> And I came up with top three with two runners up and then two classics. So <laughs> that's more than three. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just thinking. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I think the only one who followed the rules is me. I only named three, four. <laughs> no, because technically I have you top, named just three. Yeah. Plus runners. Well, I didn't. You know, you have to include the runners up and then the, then the classics. So my top three were when Harry met Sally. I decided that yeah. anyone that I can recite, I have to include. Also, just the best um, friends to lovers trope ever. Um, yeah, yeah. Then Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was, that's one of my that favorites, too. That was my third one. That was a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I think I did it. see that was one I saw multiple times in the theater too because just staring at the fashion and then God the fantasy of having Josh Lucas and um, McDreamy I forget his name right now <laughs> like these are your two choices Reese Patrick Witherspoon Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey Andrew. thank you his name Andrew. was Andrew Patrick yes. Dempsey's character yeah yeah I'm like oh yes. honey these are your two choices like this is this is oh tough. my gosh and can we talk about the proposal scene at Tiffany's in that mm. movie oh my, oh my gosh, gosh. yes yeah. It has. That's one of the reasons why that movie's in my top three. I love that. It scene. has every. But even, and I love the line when she goes back and says, "You owe me a dance." I'm like, "Oh, yes. I love that." So sweet. It has every single rom-com thing that I love. It's got the small town. Mm -hmm. It's got. Um, the, the hero's a little grumpy, but not too grumpy, but lovably grumpy. Um, there's a dog. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And, uh, oh, it's just so good. Uh, it's got all the quirky family members. It's great. Definitely. <laughs> I was going to say that um, that Coon Dog Cemetery in Sweet Home Alabama is an actual real thing <gasps> in Alabama. Is it? Yeah. 
it, yeah, that's a real place that they filmed. You know, they they filmed that scene with them there. But it's a, they do have an actual coon dog cemetery there. Oh, Alabama. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> My number three was one that we haven't discussed yet. I put Bridget Jones's diary in here. Oh, that's a good one too. Yes. That is a good one, and that really kicked off the whole chick lit movement in books, too. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's Colin Firth's finest. I mean, don't at me, but I think that is where, if you love Colin Firth, that. that oh, mm. Yeah, I do love Colin Firth, but I'm going to have to say Pride and Prejudice. I know, his, I know, you know, I know. Because, you know, I'm a Darcy I, lover. But he's, yes. but, um, he's Darcy yeah, in both, I, I'll just say. I know. Well, he's Darcy three times in Bridget Jones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, that's why he holds the record for the most Darcy appearances. He's <laughs> the best Darcy. So, my runners up were While You Were Sleeping and 27 Dresses. I don't know. That was hard, though. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was hard. They're all wonderful. So, because while, s- while You Were Sleeping has, again, the. Was it. What trope would that be? My brother's fake fake identity fake relationship and then my brother's amnesia (laughs) yeah that's everything it has the amnesia trope yeah fake relationship secret uh, you know hidden uh, hidden identity really because she's not you know being totally honest about who she is but yeah that's i watched that again last christmas and i hadn't seen it in a few years Mm -hmm. gosh it's a good movie it's really hard to find they haven't popped it up on all the streaming services yet Oh, well, I mean, I think I bought it off oh, Amazon. There you go. <laughs> so I have it in my library of rom-coms. <laughs> oh, but you know, one of the things I wanted to mention was um, there are, you know, seasoned rom-coms that I really liked. Like, It's Complicated and Something's Gotta Give. Both of those, you know, have older hero and heroines. Um, and I love both of those movies. I think that's one of the things I love about rom-coms is the idea that everyone deserves their happy ever after, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got. I'm. I'm thinking about Keanu Reeves in. Um, oh, oh, which one was he in? Oh, and something's got. Something's got to give. Gotta give. Yeah, but I'm seeing him now in the. Have y'all seen the trailers for the? Um, I think it's a new Netflix one that's coming out in end of May. It's um, always be my maybe. I have seen. And the trailer he's for that. in that too as a third wheel maybe and uh, I'm like come on can someone just give Keanu his own <laughs> starring role you know your life is pretty good if like yeah, Keanu yeah. is your backup <laughs> you know okay so Keanu needs to be my best man <laughs> so that if something happens I get this awesome backup <laughs> exactly that's what I was saying about Sweet Home Alabama I was like Patrick Dempsey is the one you have to settle for I mean <laughs> It's such, but I think that's my I think that's what I really love is like that oh you have so many men fighting over you yeah. <laughs> that, that trope whatever that one's called that's the lucky in love <laughs> trope right <laughs> yeah. love triangle trope yeah you know and people should just come if you're in RWA if you're coming to nationals we will be doing this um, workshop and we'll also I think that'll be recorded too so people will be able to buy it and um, you know the three of us should really talk about um, making it making our spreadsheets available we should do something fancy for people so we can put up our 
put our list because uh, we spent yeah, a lot of time on that list and we can make that available <laughs> yeah well it's going to be you know i've already sent it to rwa so it's going to be an official um handout that will be on the rwa app um but it would be great you know to even like let the podcast people have podcast? it yeah we did spend a lot of time on that uh, like this podcast yeah well i was thinking that and just all y'all's yeah. readers and your fans probably yeah. would love to that's a oh, great idea on yeah. your website yeah, um oh but one of the th- one of the things I did want to mention about our um, workshop, in case there are people listening to this who will be at RWA in New York City in July, is that not only will we be talking about rom-coms and what makes a rom-com and all that, but we're going to talk about how to um, incorporate those rom-com elements into your book writing to help you, you know, kind of like a guide on how to write a romantic comedy romance novel. I can't wait. I can't wait to learn from you guys. <laughs> I think it'll be fun. Yeah, it definitely will be. It's going to be fun. All right. Well, ladies, thank you so much for your time today. But you know what? Wait, I can't let you go because you both have new books coming out that we need to talk about. So uh, before I let you go, uh, Terry, I think yours is coming up first, I think, in June, right? Yes. Um, I have a book coming out June 11th. Um, yeah, June 11th. I'm glad you it's finally got the date right. Love- <laughs> Isn't that awful? You know what, though? I just kept looking at Amazon. It said June 1st, and that's just what, so I thought that was the release date. And then Stacy, my editor, told me last week, um, that was a typo. It's June 11th. I was like, okay. I don't even know what date my own book comes out. I thought it was weird that it was coming out on a Saturday. That didn't even make sense to me, but now I know to ask next time. Um, Yeah, so it's coming out June 11th, and it's called Love at the Shore. And it is based on a, a really a classic favorite Hallmark movie by the same name. And it's about a, a single mom, which was fun to write. I love writing a single mom character. She goes to the beach and is staying in a beach house t- uh, to finish the novel that she's working on. And when she gets there, the beach house is a duplex. And there is a you know freewheeling surfer living next door. And of course, they butt heads and all sorts of adorable rom-com stuff ensues. It's fun. It's a really cool. fun book. I can't wait. And Nancy, you've got several books coming out this year, but you've got the next one in July, right? I do, yes. And um, my July 16th release is also with Hallmark Publishing, and that is the Christmas and Evergreen Letters to Santa. And it's the novelization of the movie from the same name um, that came out last fall. And, of course, Christmas and Evergreen are, are those wonderful Christmas movies with the red truck. Everybody remembers those. And I'm really excited to have been able to be a part of that Uh this one is about a gal coming back to her hometown and trying to um, restore the old uh, country store there in, in Evergreen. And, of course, there's a wonderful love story and a beautiful father-son arc, and uh, I think people are going to love it. And then in October, I've got Christmas Angels coming out. Thank you guys so much for doing this. I can't wait to talk to you soon about what we're reading and and what we're going to be watching yeah yeah can't wait to see you yes i think that our workshop is going to be great this is making me feel even better about it so yeah yeah me too Thank you for joining me today. If you love this conversation, please leave a review or consider supporting the podcast at the link in the show notes. For a list of books discussed in this episode and other fabulous content, sign up for my newsletter at womenwithbooks.com. And remember, keep reading.